Welcome back, dear friends, to your daily dose of ancient wisdom. Today we continue our reading of Srimad Bhagavata Mahapurana, Tritiya Skanda or Book 3, Discourse 19, which is the death of Hiranyaksha. Maitreya continued, Hearing the words of Brahma, the creator, which were free from glue and sweet as nectar, the Lord heartily laughed and accepted his prayer with a glance laden with love. Thereupon, the divine boar who had appeared from Brahma's nose sprang and aimed his mace at the chin of his enemy in the form of that demon who was stalking fearlessly before him. Struck by the demon with his own mace, however, it slipped from the Lord's hand and looked splendid as it fell down whirling. This was something miraculous as it were. Even though he had an excellent opportunity to hit the Lord, the demon refused to strike his unarmed foe and respected the law of a single combat, thereby kindling the fury of universal Lord. As his mace fell on the ground and a cry of alarm rose from the witnessing crowds of gods and rishis, the Almighty Lord acknowledged the demon's love of righteousness or fair play and invoked his disgust Sudarshana. As the disgust presently began to revolve in Lord's hand and the Lord was contending at close quarters with the chief of his attendants who had now been born as Hiranyaksha, the wild son of Diti, there issued from every direction strange expressions uttered by those who were witnessing the scene from their aerial cars and had no knowledge of Lord's real reality saying, May victory attend to you. Pray dispatch him, play no more with him. When he beheld the Lord, who had eyes as big and lovely as puddles of lotus, standing in position before him, and further saw him armed with a disgust, his senses were overpowered with indignation, and hissing like a serpent, he bit his lips in great resentment. The demon who had fearful tusks stared at Srihari as though he would burn him, and springing into the air, aimed his maze at him, exclaiming at the same time, You are slain. The Lord, who had assumed the form of a boar that represented all the sacrifices, playfully knocked it down with his left foot. O saintly Vidura, even as it came upon him with the force of a tempest, while the enemy was still looking on. The Lord then said, Take your weapon and try again, eager as you are to conquer me. Challenged in these words, the demon aimed his mace at the Lord once more and loudly roared. When the Lord saw it flying towards him, he stood firm where he was and caught it even as it came, with the same ease as Garuda, the king of the birds, would seize a serpent. The great demon felt humiliated and was put out of countenance when his valor was thus frustrated, and he was reluctant to take back the mace which was being offered by Srihari. He now took a trident, which was rapturous as a flaming fire, for hurling it against the Lord who was Yajna personified, even as one would use spells for a manivalent purpose against a holy Brahmana. Hurled with all his strength by the mighty Daitya, the glowing trident shone all the brighter in the sky. 
Srihari, however, tore it into pieces with his disgust Sudarshana, which had sharp-edged rim, even as Indra cut down a wing of Garuda dropped by the latter. Note, once upon a time when Garuda snatched away nectar from the gods in heaven in order to liberate his mother Vinita from the tharlam of his stepmother Kadruva and the serpent race, thereupon Indra, the lord of paradise, hurled his thunderbolt against Garuda. With the view of respecting the ineffability of Indra's weapon, Garuda, who was otherwise invincible, being the Lord's own mount, dropped one of his feathers from a wing which was shattered to pieces by the thunderbolt. The demon got enraged when his trident was cut into pieces by the discus of Srihari. He therefore advanced towards the Lord and, roaring aloud, smote him with his hard fist on his broad chest, which bore the mark of Srivatsava, a curl of white hair, and then went out of sight. Hit in the manner by a demon, O Vidura, the Lord who appeared as the first boar did not feel the least quaking in any part of his body any more than an elephant would when struck with a breath of flower. He now employed many a conjuring trick against Srihari, the Lord of Yogamaya, the source of all Mayas, at the sight of which the people were filled with alarm and thought the dissolution of the universe was near. Fierce winds began to blow, which spread darkness occasioned by dust, and stones came in volleys from every quarter as if thrown from slings. The luminaries in the heaven disappeared due to the sky being overcast with masses of clouds, which were accompanied by lightning and thunder, and frequently rained pus, hair, blood, fecus, urine, and bones. Mountains discharging weapons of various kinds appeared, O sinless Vidura, as also naked demonesses armed with tridents, their hair hanging loose. Most cruel and savage slogans were uttered by the hosts of Yakshas and Rakshasas, who were all of a ruffian type, and either marched on foot or rode on horses or elephants or in chariots. The Lord, who represented all the sacrifices in his person, now discharged his beloved discus Sudarshana, which was capable of dispersing the mayas or magical forces displayed by the demon. That very moment, all of a sudden, a shudder ran through the heart of Diti, Hiranyaksha's mother, as she recalled the words of her lord, sage Kasyapa, and blood flowed from her breasts. When he saw his magic forces dispelled, he went into the presence of Lord Keshava once more, and full of rage, encompassed him within his arms in order to crush him. But to his great amazement and charging, he found the Lord standing outside the circle of his arms. As he now began to strike the Lord with his fists, which were harder than adamant, Lord Adhokshaja, who was beyond sense perception, slapped him in the root of his ear, even as Indra, the lord of Maruts or gods of wind, hit the demon Vritta, son of Twashta, the architect of the gods. Though struck indifferently by the lord, the conqueror of all, the demon's body began to wheel, the eyeballs bulged out of their sockets, and he fell down dead 
like a gigantic tree uprooted by the wind, his arms and legs and hair on head broken and scattered. Brahma and others who had now arrived on the spot saw the demon with fearful tusks lying on the ground, biting his lip, the glow on his face yet unfaded, and admiringly said, Oh, who could meet such a blessed death? Struck by the forefoot of the Lord whom yogis meditate upon in seclusion through yoga in the form of abstract meditation, seeking freedom from their limitation, which is unreal, and the gazing on his countenance, this crest jewel of Diti's son has shuffled off his mortal coil. These two demons, Hiranyakashapu and Hiranyaksha, are no other than Lord's own attendants who have attained to this screwed state, have been born as demons through a curse pronounced by the sage Sanaka and his three brothers. After growing through some more births, they will return to their divine abode. The gods addressed the Lord. Hail, hail to you, the source of all sacrifices, who have assumed a form of consisting of pure sattva or goodness for the purpose of maintaining this world. Fortunately for us, this demon, who had a torment of the world, has been slain by you, as we too, O Lord, are at ease now through the devotion to your feet. Maitreya continued. Having thus killed Hiranyaksha of irresistible power, Srihari, who had appeared in the form of the firstborn, retired to his own divine realm, which is the abode of uninterrupted joy, while Brahma, who has his seat on a lotus, and others extolled him. I have narrated to you, as I was told by my perceptors, O good friend, the exploits of Srihari, who came down to the material plane in the form of divine boar, and how that Hiranyaksha of mighty valor was knocked down by him like a plaything in that great encounter. Sage Sutta continued, Hearing the narrative of the Lord as it was told by sage Maitreya, son of Kusaru, Vidura, who was a great devotee of the Lord, derived supreme delight, O holy sage. One rejoices to hear the life account even of virtuous soul of sacred renown and extensive fame. There will be no limit then to one's joy on hearing the story of Lord who bears the mark of Srivatsa. The Lord quickly delivered from a difficult situation the lordy elephant who when seized by an alligator fixed his mind on his lotus feet in the midst of his female companions who all shrieked in distress. What grateful soul is there who would not devote oneself to such a master who can be easily pleased by the glueless men resorting exclusively to him for protection, though the unrighteous find it difficult to propitiate him. He, O holy Brahmanas, is speedily and completely absolved even from the sin of attached to the murder of a Brahmana, who listens to, sings, or even applauds the story of the most wonderful pastime, namely the destruction of Hiranyaksha at the hands of the Lord, who assumed the form of a boar for the sake of rescuing the earth. This most sacred narrative confers extraordinary merit, wealth, fame, longevity, and all the object of one's desire. On the field of battle, it promotes the strength of one's vital organs and organs of action. 
those who listen to it at the last moment of their life find their asylum in lord narayana or dear saunaka thus ends the 19th discourse entitled the death of hiranyaksha in the book 3 of the great and glorious bhagavata purana otherwise known as the paramahamsa samhita thank you mm-hmm.